Since you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, have you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, why did this happen to me? Well, you're not alone. I did too. But this is a time when you're given two choices. One, you let those four nasty words that you've been told, you have breast cancer, stop us from living. Or two, we can take what we've been given to us and use it as fuel on our path to healing, growth, self-discovery, and to bring out the best of us and become the hero of our journey while we get to inspire others to do the same. Join my inspiring guests and me on our mission to help women just like you with what we discovered on our hero's journey through breast cancer. This is a place where we share all the tools and knowledge we've learned to develop the courage, resilience, mindset and self-love needed to start living your full life like you might never have done before. I am Grace DeAngeli and I welcome you to Breast Cancer Hero's Journey Podcast. Welcome home. Welcome everyone. Welcome to today's podcast, Breast Cancer Heroes Journey. I am, I know I say this to about all my guests that I'm super excited, but I am super excited because I have interviewed Christine in the past and she's an amazing woman. She's done so much. She's a best-selling author of Walk Beside Me. Guys, if you have not read this book, go out now and get it because this is a book that I read in one day. Look how brand new it looks. Look at that. Look how brand new. And um, so she's a motivational speaker, a Fox Radio News, uh, of Fox Radio News, breast cancer expert, um, and everything else, international and national model. She's just done, uh, you know, New York Fashion Week. Like, you know, you watch this stuff with all these amazing people and she's just done that. Uh, and much, much more. So welcome, Christine. Like I said, it's so awesome to have you back. Likewise. It's good to be back and it's good to see you. And thank you. I'm happy to share all the journeys that I'm on right now. Oh my God. Like, well, let's get started because the last time I spoke to you, you were just going back to university. So let's start with that. Okay, great. I I do love talking about learning. Um, (laughs) The reason I went back to university, I'll tell you which one in a minute, was because I had terrible chemo brain after I was completed my chemo. Mm -hmm. And it was one thing to do puzzles and read some books and it was hard for me to focus and it was hard for me to get through that. But I felt like I needed more than that. And so I decided to go back to school to get a master's degree in literature because I love language Mm -hmm. and also to get a degree in creative writing. And so I decided that you know, because we know as cancer survivors, tomorrow tomorrow is not promised to anybody. I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to shoot for the moon. And if it if I hit it, great. And so I applied to Harvard and I got in. They took me. Beautiful. <laughs> Harvard student. Did you guys hear that? A Harvard student, which is amazing. I know. I literally, before I got on this podcast, I was I did a quiz. I had a quiz. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> for school? That's that Sounds amazing though. Who, who can actually say that though? Who can actually go, I'm sorry, I just got to Harvard and you know, I was just doing a quiz for Harvard University just before I came on your little podcast here. <laughs> that is amazing. It really is. Thank you. So that's been yeah. a, that's helped my chemo. By the way, it's completely eliminated my chemo brain. 
Well, how, how many years are you doing? Like how many years are you studying? Um, it's a four year program. It'll mm -hmm. probably take me three and a half years. I'm taking Beautiful. it, it kind of slowly. And, and plus I had illnesses when I started this program, I had a MRSA infection in my left, left breast cavity in June of 2020. And I had mm -hmm. emergency surgery in months and months and months of recovery. And I had to take a hiatus of school. So I'm back in it and happy. Yeah. Well, look, for those that, uh, that are joining us this time around that haven't seen you before, let's let them know in a nutshell. And when I, you know, like I said, guys, when I read this book and I asked Christine, I did ask you the question. I said, Christine, how much of this is you? <laughs> and it was because I kept reading it and saying, this can't be happening to her. This can't be happening to her. So just let our viewers and our listeners know just again what um, what you were diagnosed with and the other things as well in your journey. Yeah. So when I was 35, I had a colon resection. And and, and let's go back a little bit. I've been modeling mm -hmm. since I was 11, so now 40 years. So um, I had a colon resection when I was 35, and that surgery was not an emergency, but it turned into an emergency. Mm. I The doctor hit a vein in my pelvic bone and I almost bled to death on the operating table. Wow. That was the first of three major health issues. The next one came when I was 41 and I had a torn ligament in my right wrist, which many months later I had, I mean, I had surgery and many months later it was diagnosed, misdiagnosed that I had an infection in my arm and ultimately my arm was fused. So now I'm handicapped in my right arm and in constant pain. Hmm. And then six weeks after I had my arm fusion, my, my right arm was in a cast from my fingertips to my shoulder. And I just had my bones, my bones were taken out, bone grafts, cadaver bones put in. Whoa. And I'm in the hotel in New York city because my doctor was in New York city and I'm in the hotel and I'm trying to take a shower and I wash my left breast with a bar of soap and I feel a lump. Five days later, I was diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer. So I had been this thriving mother model, self-proclaimed athlete, and then was a sickly woman constantly fighting for now my arm, first my arm and my colon and now breast cancer and, and facing a lot of chemotherapy. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's just when you think about this whole thing, you sort of go like, if life hasn't given you one, it's given you another and another and another and another. It's like, God, just go like, yeah. slow down. Let me take a break. But at the same time, I believe, uh, you know, within my heart, I believe that you were capable of all of this. Although it would have taken you to your knees, I yeah. know that you, it was something that you were given this. Um, it was for you, not to you, it was for you, for you to be able to do what you do today um, yeah. and to speak about it. And um, and that's what I, that's what inspires me about you because anyone else would have probably just waved that white flag and said, I'm calling it a day. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? You continued, you continued, you looked at it, you went through it and things like that. Yeah. So that is amazing. So yeah. we've done all of that. And then you've done the whole, like you said, you had the breast reconstruction and everything like that. And then. <laughs> oh, no, that's a crazy story. This is a yeah. crazy story. There's a couple <laughs> crazy stories. <laughs> So I, I never had implants before I had breast cancer. And when I had 
mastectomies, I had implants put in. And I have to tell you, I really liked them. <laughs> I, mean, I just did. And they looked perky and kind of perfect. Yeah. But, no, really nicely up on my chest. Mm. And I got used yeah. to that. Right. I mean, it's not ideal. I, I liked my breasts, but when they were taken, mm. I, I liked the replacement. Yeah. And, and about four years into the replacement, I got a call. I'll never forget. I got a call driving my son to school and my plastic surgeon said, Oh, by the way, those implants we put in have been recalled by the FDA. Mm. And I thought, well, this is, this is a sick joke. There's no way. <laughs> really, really yeah. yeah. So I ended up having those out and I got an infection in the surgery, which by the way, 20% of all surgeries end in infection, 20%. Jeez, that is high. And I've had 23 non-elective surgeries. So I've had two major, well, three major infections out of the 23. So I'm kind of like par for, right, the course (laughs) and for the averages. Anyway, so (laughs) that's why I have to think about it so I don't go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we weren't. And, and just to be very vulnerable, when we're talking mm. about major surgeries, when we're talking about body parts being taken, when we're talking about female body parts being taken and chemotherapies and suffering and pain, it's not a joke. You Correct. know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's emotional trauma that I have to deal with that all, you know, all women have to deal with who, mm-hmm. and that, and that shouldn't be taken lightly, but you get to a point where you have so much trauma and you have to find light in what you're going through or you'll, or, or all you will feel is despair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when I talk about, you know, how to get through this sort of stuff, I, I always say to people, you need hope, whatever mm-hmm. hope is in that you decide. Right. But try not yeah. to pick, try not to pick hope in things that can be taken away. For example, yes. before mm-hmm. I went through my illnesses, I was very materialistic. I really coveted things. Well, those things can be taken away. You know, the very bags that I was coveting, I couldn't carry anymore because my right arm is in so much pain. Mm, The mm. hair, the beautiful blonde hair that I loved and the modeling and all the things that I love to do in my job and my profession, it got taken away. Yeah. You know, I mean, those, so I can't, you can't have hope in things that can be taken away. You can, you can have Mm. hope in anything, but if you have hope in things that can be taken away, then you're kind of, you're building your life on sand and you can quickly sink, right? Yeah. And so when I was rebuilding my life after breast cancer, and I'll go back to the MERS infection, I I rebuilt it on faith because I knew that I didn't want to build my life on quicksand anymore. So mm. fast forward to 2020, when I get this infection, when the whole world is locked down for COVID, and people are afraid to go to the emergency room. There's nobody in the hospitals other than COVID patients. Mm. And and I had a I had a MERS infection and I had to be in the hospital and it was horrible, like the pain. Also, it was an emergency surgery and I was there by myself. And I mm. had no idea that I was coming out of that hospital with a complete extraction of my chest again. Wow. And when the people handed me the, well, the nurse handed me the papers when I checked into the hospital and said, okay, mastectomy left breast. I looked at her and I had like 104 fever. I wasn't, I I couldn't lift my head from the pillow. I was so sick. Immersive infection can kill you. Mm. And my head is on the pillow, this hospital pillow. And I, and I can hardly like make a sentence. I'm stuttering and 
I'm, I, I don't know if I'm making sense to this nurse, but I look down and I see mastectomy left side. And I, I think I'm like in the twilight zone because I had a mastectomy when I had breast cancer. Yeah. And I, and I say to her, I'm like, that's impossible. I don't have any breasts. And she said, well, just sign it. It's for insurance reasons. <laughs> the power wow. of our words is critical. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I had a doctor tell me my percentile chance of survival. I don't think they should be allowed to tell you that unless you correct information. Yeah, that's right. I agree. The power of language is critical in care, is critical in healing, is critical relationally. And it's just, it's something that needs to be taken more seriously. Yeah. So I have this MRSA infection in my, my left chest. They excavate it. It's horrible. It's painful. And there's no chance of reconstruction. So I come out of the hospital with drains and a concave chest. And I think to myself, okay, now what? Like, mm-hmm. really? Like, I needed four mastectomies? It just, it, it, didn't, it didn't make sense to me for several months. And so, mm-hmm. but what I have done with the pain in my life, from the colon to the arm to the breast cancer was, try to find a way to make sense of it and to use it to help other people. Mm. Basically to say other people don't do it this way. I did it wrong. And so I finally, after months of feeling sorry for myself because I had this MRSA infection and my chest was excavated and people didn't care. They were worried about COVID. They didn't care that I was in the hospital alone. And, Mm. and, and, and it was a really dark time for me. And so I finally went into my closet several months later when I could put clothes, you know, some something other than a very soft T-shirt on my chest because I had hundreds of stitches mm-hmm. and it was so painful. And when I finally went into my closet, I thought to myself, I have to make something for people where because I live in Miami and we're in bathing suits all the time. And mm-hmm. I said, if I'm if I can't find a bathing suit to wear, because if you have a padded swimsuit top or one piece. When you go into the water and you come out, the the, the padding is inverted. It mm. doesn't really work if you have a concave chest. Correct. And so I was like going through my clothes and trying to figure out what to give away and what to throw away because I couldn't wear half of the things that I had in my closet. I decided that I was going to go in my medicine cabinet and I went and took out an ACE bandage. And I took the ACE bandage and I started playing with it around my chest. And I was like... I can figure this out. I can find a way to make a one piece or a a two piece for women who have a concave chest. Mm. And so I got up the courage and called a bathing suit company in Miami. And I said, I have a prototype. I have a product that I want to talk to you about because I'm not in manufacturing. I wouldn't know how to make a bathing suit Mm. other than I had a design. Mm -hmm. So I went to MJ designs and Michael's and I bought all these ribbons and patterns of cloth and I, and I designed something. And I took it to them and they said, we love this. You know, the demographic is there. People need this. And we will be behind you and we'll make this with you. We'll produce it for you. And so I've been in collaboration with them for about a year and a half. And we're making these suits for people. But I think think my mentality is, and I think this is so important for people to Mm. see it. Let's find a way to make purpose, like make sense out of all this suffering. Yeah, because if we don't, we'll just shrivel up, right? There's no hope. Correct. Yeah, 
And I agree. And it, it's just so great. Like you said, you know, you took what you had and you're like, well, let's make something out of it. You didn't just keep it for yourself because you could have just kept that for yourself. You could have just said, you know what, I'm happy to wear, you know, these sort of scarves or things around me now. I don't have to worry about anyone else. But it's like you stepped out without it with you stepped out of yourself and you stepped into other women who are going through this and thought, well, I'm not the only, and it, you know, like we say, and I don't mean this in a, in a bad way, but you're not special in the sense, you know, there's so many women who have had the, had to have the double mastectomy. In your case, you had a fall, you know, so, and you know what I mean? But it's great how you then went into the industry and said, hey, you know, like you said, you're in Miami, it's yeah. sun and surf, which is awesome. Why not create a um, a bathing line or even clothing for women yeah. who are going through this, which is amazing. So then that brings me on to our sort of other area. So, so how do you get from Florida <laughs> to the New York Fashion Week, which is like I said, I saw pictures of you uh, practicing on the runway. Like you said, while everyone's having lunch, I'm practicing. And I thought, there it is. I was. <laughs> Which was. is great. So tell us about that. How did you get involved with that? Because you said four designers. So yeah. yeah, let us know. So I modeled for four brands in New York Fashion Week. And I, again, I've been modeling for 40 years. I was never mm-hmm. a runway model. I was a print model. And so I have a manager, I work for a modeling agency, and I said to them, wouldn't it be amazing to walk the runway with a concave chest and really show the concave chest? I don't mean like pat it up or not really show it. I'm not looking for me to Mm -hmm. walk in New York Fashion Week. I'm looking to represent. And so I, my, my manager and my modeling agency pitched it to some brands and they were like, we're all in. And Two weeks before I was to model in New York Fashion Week, uh, an article came out. I don't know if you saw that. It's no, called no. It's called Fashion Week Online. It's a magazine. Mm-hmm. And it it basically has all the important information about New York Fashion Week, Milan Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week, any of the major fashion weeks. And I woke up literally one morning and my manager sent me an email and she said, look who's on the cover of Fashion Week magazine. And I was like, I, you know, I just had no idea. It was me. And oh, I just got goosebumps. Wow. Oh. And, and the title wow. and the title of the article said New York Fashion Week model Christine Handy, the one to watch. How crazy is that? Yeah. Wow. So, so when I went up to walk in New York Fashion Week, that makes me teary. <laughs> a lot of people, yeah. you know, it was a lot yeah. of. <laughs> No pressure. But no, I mean, no pressure. And so I was literally, I don't know if you saw in my videos, but I was walking around my house. I was i was going to the grocery store in high heels for 30 days prior to New York Fashion Week. Because I, I haven't worn heels in a long time. I mean, especially yeah. with COVID, I, I don't really go out much. Mm. And so all of a sudden I needed to not only walk in heels, but also walk the runway, which is slippery in heels. <laughs> And so I just practiced, practiced, practiced. And literally when yeah. I got, to, literally when I got to New York, uh, we, we had a call time of one o'clock in the afternoon for one of the shows and it was at seven o'clock that night. So we had six hours to practice and to hair and makeup and, you know, to do run throughs as a group and to talk to the mm-hmm. designer and, and get fittings and stuff. 
And I, when everybody took a break, I, I just went up and down that runway over and over again, because I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not gonna, I have to show up for me. Right. First. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to make myself proud. And then when I mm -hmm. make my, myself proud I'm, and I'm representing other people, I want them to be proud. Yeah. And, and so I, I did, I, I think I did a great job. And then I did three other shows after that. And it was amazing. It was a great experience. And, and mm -hmm. hopefully the people that need to see that, who need to be inspired by that are seeing it. Yeah, so talk about like with the the designers themselves. So here you are, you're like, okay, this is what I want to represent. And again, it's not that you're um you weren't bragging about it. You were saying this is real people. This is what yeah. happens sometimes with women. And I want to represent it where women look at you and say, Well, if Christine can pull it off, so can I. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. it was representing more than just the clothing, but of oh, yeah. course, but how did you work? How did you collaborate with the designers? Did you have to go through some things? Did you get to put in some inputs of your own to say, Hey, that doesn't, it's yeah. not. I did yeah. actually. I, in fact, I went to New York fashion week in September for fall Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and, and a lot of my friends were there and they would go to these lovely lunches and they'd have a mm -hmm. glass of wine and have a nice meal. And I was on the, and they'd take black cars and Uber and all around mm -hmm. town and go to parties and things like that. I was on the subway every day, running from show to show to show to meet designers, to say, this is what I, this is a project I want to do. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And some of them would listen to me and the ones that did, they used me for their shows, but it wasn't because I was having a good time with my friends. I was there to Correct. work. I was on a mission mm. and I mm. accomplished it. But it's, don't get me wrong. It's a sacrifice. I'm not talking about like Absolutely. lunches. I'm talking about, I came home, I was exhausted. I was depleted. Mm. Mm. And it takes a lot of courage to walk into a show that you're not invited to and to walk up to the diner and corner room and be like, this is who I am. This is the situation I'm in. We can collaborate. We can help all these other people hear me out. And, and, you know, mm. some people totally ignored me and some people made me feel bad. And, and other people were like, here, let's go sit down and have a cup of coffee. And so, but you have to put yourself out there and it's, it, it takes a lot of courage and it's hard, but that's the only way I know how to get things done is just to do it myself, go after it and find a way to do it. Yeah. See, like a, that's, that's what I mean. It's just, it, you, 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 you're speaking the truth and that's what I love about you because it's true. You are going to get the people, the, you know, I haven't got time for you to yeah. the, oh, it's not something I'm looking at, but you've got to keep persuading it. You've got to keep going forward. If it's something you strongly believe in, and that's what I can see in you, you strongly have a purpose in this. So therefore I'm like you said, I'm going to do the homework. I'm not going to expect them to come to me because yeah. it ain't going to happen exactly. in this in day and age a lot of people think oh I'll just sit back in my house and I'm going to have someone ring at the doorbell it exactly. doesn't work like that so and especially because like I said you're representing a lot of women there's I don't even know how many many women across the world have yeah. had double mastectomies and have chosen not to have reconstruction um so this is you know this is something yeah. that's that's real guys it's not just the latest fashion craze no. you know was it you're not looking at pastel colors or right. no neon colors you're looking at something it's a lifestyle and why not make a woman feel like a woman even yeah. when you know the breast that she's had almost killed her so to speak so um well I applaud you 
Well, and going back to the, your question, I, I don't think I fully answered it. I did collaborate with some of the brands mm -hmm. where they, one of the brands made a specific dress, designed a specific dress for me. And if you go back to my Instagram, you'll see that you can really see, well, you can see that it's concave, but especially mm -hmm. from the side, you can really see it. And, and she said to me, I went up for a fitting about three weeks before New York Fashion Week. And she said, are you comfortable with this? And I said, you know what I am? Because I've never just like gone out there and showed my chest to anybody, but it was showing it more than I would have normally. And mm. I just said, you know what? This is, this is the right thing to do because I get, I have a social media following. I get the messages from women who say, I'm ashamed of what this looks like. Mm. I'm not, I don't want to show it to my husband. Yes. These, are, these are the messages. This is, I'm not saying it's true of everybody. Of course it's not, but mm -hmm. it's, but there's a, there's a fraction of people that need to see this. And, and, yeah. and I don't care if it's 10 people or a hundred thousand people, those people need to be represented. Those people need hope. Those people need somebody going out there and saying, I'm comfortable with this. I'm unstoppable on this. And mm. it gives them footing. So Absolutely. Why not? And, and like I said before, you could have taken this and thought, hey, I know so many people. I'm just going to get them to reshuffle a design of a dress and go to someone who's going to cut it out, change it up for me so I can wear it for myself. But instead, like you said, you listen to what people are saying. You actually, you said, you know, you took the time to say, what are people saying? What are people saying about this? And I, I believe you because so many people I've interviewed have said the exact same thing. I'm ashamed of myself. You know, even those who have had the reconstruction, yeah. some of them don't go, oh, look at my breasts now. Some of them go, what are these aliens in yeah. me? You know, well, and it's a matter of getting used to it, you know. Yeah. So I honestly, I applaud you. And, you know, and I think that is, that is so brave. It is so brave. And you are brave. So it's not the you know, that I have to tell you because you know it yourself. So that's what I mean by that. So I really appreciate you sharing that. The other thing I want to share, talk to you about is you mentioned that you were on a documentary of survival. So tell us a bit about that. So what's a documentary? Where can people view it or when will it be viewable? So there was a camera crew that was from PBS that were following some of the people that were in New York Fashion Week, some of the people. Mm -hmm. I was one of them. And they, it's a, it's for, it's coming out in October. I think mm -hmm. it's October. It's for, not for breast cancer. It had nothing to do with breast cancer. It was for mental health awareness mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. And it was called, I think it's called survivorship and how you get, you know, who, who, who is, you know, who give us examples of surviving. Right. And so I guess I'm a very good example of surviving. And so they asked me questions about, you know, why I was doing it and who I was trying to inspire and what, inspired me to do it. And, and so, although, you know, that's a very cool thing to be on a documentary and very cool to be on PBS. It's, it just was a little bit of a sprinkle on the cupcake, mm. you know, the, the, the icing and the, yeah. the, whole, the whole point in being there was, is so masterfully beautiful, right? I could showcase that being concave, having breast cancer doesn't stop your life. It doesn't have to stop your life. You can be unstoppable. I've accomplished more since I was diagnosed with breast cancer than I did before. And, and, and it's because of my reaction. It's because of my mentality, right? Mm. I focus, I'm not going to focus on the trauma. I'm going to focus on what I can do with the trauma. Yeah. And so 
that to me was it's a sweet and nice gesture that they did. But like when I was on that runway, when I was walking and showing and showcasing this, I was like, this is really cool. You know, I mean, God is so great. Like he's in the midst of this. He's at the head of this. He goes before me. He goes, (laughs) he's right next to me. And I'm like, man, this is so beautiful. I, I just was so proud to be able to do what I did. Mm. And and to feel good about it and feel confident and to not trip on the runway. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't on a YouTube later on in life, which is great. You know, all the all the errors that have happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there are things that happen during New York Fashion Week that like we don't talk about. And I'll I'll share a yeah, one yeah. story, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get I get to my first New York Fashion Week show and one of the other models who's like 18 or 19, listen, I did it. I started when I was very young. She <laughs> says to me, "Are you one of the makeup artists?" Oh. And, I, and I'm like, "I'm actually one of the models." And she was like, kind of looked at me funny and I thought, "Okay, this could trip people up. Like somebody could get their pride and their ego injured or whatever." And I was like, it just went off of me because I'm not caught up in that, right? Mm. Like my self-esteem is solid. Like I knew what purpose I was there for. I knew what I was, I needed to do. And so that stuff doesn't trip me up. But I mm. think it trips a lot of the world up because we, a lot of us care so much about what the world thinks of us and perception. Yes. And I just was like, you know what? It's just no big deal. Mm. So, so we can't take hits like in society and allow that to, you know, pigeonhole Ruff, right? yeah or ruffle our feathers all the time yeah, yeah. Like, who cares what they think who cares what yeah. that you know if people didn't think that i should be walking the runway because i'm 51 in a concave chest man that's their problem not mine exactly <laughs> exactly yeah and i say the same because the thing is it's it's like it's like it's a breath of fresh air, I think, that we've gone through in a way. Like you said, don't look at the traumas, look at the other side. And it's a breath of fresh air because we're both authentic to ourselves. We, you know, like you said, we're so solid within that right. do we care what people think around us? Absolutely. You know, I, I always say, you know, if that's my worst problem, can we swap? Because seriously, you know what I mean? It's It, it doesn't worry me. I'm... I do and say what I want because I'm thinking this is my life. Like you said, you know, we've been created, whether you believe in God, Jesus, great spirit, we're being created to be put on this earth and to be our authentic selves. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to be the next Christine. I'm not trying to do that. You know what I mean? I inspired. I am so inspired, but I can never go, well, Christine's. I could say, well, Christine's done it. I can try that, but I will never be Christine because God's created one Christine purposely. So, but a lot of people, like you said, get tripped up and think, well, if I haven't achieved what she's done or he's done or they've done, Oh, who am I? And they get lost in this comparison. Well, yeah, and it's nothing. It's it's air. 
Because like you know yourself, you know who you are. You know who you are when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed, when you close that door and switch off that light, you know exactly who you are. So, which is just amazing. Um, So, yeah, thanks for sharing that because it was great. Because like you said, you know, it'll be interesting. And let us know, absolutely let us know when the um, the segment's up so we can, you know, I can share it as well. Because that, because mental health, is important because we always speak about that as well it doesn't matter what trauma you've gone through it's how you live with it it's it's not the trauma that's happened it's the emotion it's the time it's the it's everything you attach with it that you hold on to and it's it's how you go through that because a lot of people don't realize and we i just spoke about another lady she was saying you have to fix the mind you want to go through life you have to fix the mind Mind. Yes. But a lot of people think, well, it's a physical thing. How do I fix them? No, you have to. Yes, it's physical. It's what you focus on. Yeah. But you got, yeah, because this mind could mm-hmm. be your best friend or your worst enemy. And you don't want it to be your worst enemy. You want it to be on your side. Right. Where you're, you're my teammate here and I need you. Yes, it's going to go into fight or flight. Yes, once in a while it's going to start talking chitty chatter. Yes, it's going to be a monkey mind, things like that. But it's how you deal with it. When you see something come through, oh, I recognize what you're trying to do. And you're allowed, you allow that is a beautiful process. So mental health, and especially in the last two years, yeah. There are so, like you said yourself, you went into hospital on your own. You weren't, you didn't have the family to be able to be surrounded. There are so many people. I just heard of a lady who unfortunately went in for COVID and is diagnosed with cancer. She's got less than six weeks and her husband isn't allowed to go and see her. So, and I just think to myself, you've just, you've gone in for one thing. You've been diagnosed. Apparently she's riddled with cancer everywhere. She had no idea. Uh, And now she's in hospital dying, unfortunately, and her family can't be around her. How do you think her mental state's going to be? Terrible. How do you exactly? Because she doesn't have that support. She yeah. doesn't have the people around her to uh, to remind her, yeah. uh, you know, and things like that. So I, I I I thank you for sharing that because it is important, and I can't wait for that to come out because it, I think it is October is Mental Health Week or no, Mental I, Health Month. I think so. I think too. something like that. So, but the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is <laughs> I happened to interview a lady recently. Now I'm, I'm I'm it is a book. I know it's a book because I saw the cover. Oh, okay. uh, yes. So here I am. She's put it in. She's like, hey, I'd like to thank uh, you know, Salvo, Clementi. Uh, and I'm like, I zoom in because she's put it on Instagram, and I've zoomed in. And who's in the top corner? Christine. <laughs> That I say to Talia, I, you know, I said, to, no, to, to Leia, sorry, her name is Talia. I say to Leia, congratulations for being this book. Oh, my God, there's someone else I know as well. <laughs> this book, I Survived Cancer and How I Did It. Yeah. Tell me about that. How did you get involved in that book? A good question. <laughs> Very good question. Actually, I think the book just came out yesterday. Like, honestly, I think it was, I think it's, the launch was yesterday. I don't even have the book yet. Um, 
I think they said it to me, but I don't have it yet. So the, the author kind of it's, I mean, I guess there's 35 authors, us, mm -hmm. and but the editor, the one who put it together, Savio, he, I think he interviewed over 300 people who had cancer and survived. And then he chose 35 to put, to, to highlight in his book. And I was one of them. And he took our stories of how we got through cancer and put all of them in this collaboration of this mm -hmm. book. And the, the cover is beautiful. It has all of our pictures around the title. I haven't actually seen, I haven't physically seen the book, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I, I know that, you know, each one of us is, is in there in our stories. What a genius idea, by the way. Absolutely. I have, I have a book. I have a book mm -hmm. about my life. I wrote a book. It's being made into a film. Mm -hmm. But like to have for for people who are going through cancer to have this as a resource. I'm not talking about my book. I'm talking about this book. Mm. Have all these stories of survival and how they got through it. What an incredible resource! Absolutely. What a great idea. And a collaboration, right? Bring all these stories together so that people can go. Okay, well, this doesn't speak to me, but this does. Correct. Maybe isn't the same cancer, but this one is. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about it. For, for and, well, that's what, and that's exactly how I looked at it. Because as I said, it was just literally, I had to actually go back to the Instagram and look her up because uh, it was literally 10 minutes before I came on here oh, that I saw it. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, so I quickly wrote it down here, you know, book survive, I survived cancer. So because I just thought, and that's exactly how I looked at it. I mean, like, like yourself, you know, I just saw the cover and things. But I thought exactly that because not even two women who have gone through breast cancer, who have gone through chemo, who have had a double mastectomy, who have gone through whatever it is, have gone through the same. Nothing. So no. you know what I mean? So the thing no. is, you know, like I've picked up books where some women are so into telling you how bad it is, right. you know, and I think, Okay, you want to share that side, great, because you don't want to sugarcoat it. Right. But you don't want to scare the heebie-jeebies out of people either. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's like some, I mean, I've never given birth. I've never had a child. But, you know, you, some women used to say, it's like pushing a watermelon out of your nose. And you go, what? You know, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I know that there's pain involved, but right. yes, you've got to see the other side. So I think like you just said, this collaboration is perfect because um, Talayla didn't have breast cancer. She had right. another type of cancer that, she, and she's obviously she's in the book as well, but right. you know what I mean? But it's, yeah. and the reason I, and I interviewed her because it's, it's not just about you're going to have breast cancer, even though my, my show is called Breast Cancer Hero Journey. Right. It's because what I went through. Yes. But it's all the different ways that you can heal yourself. Yes. And why not, like I said, if I'm going to learn from a survivor, I'm going to go who's like someone like yourself. I'm yeah. not going to go to someone who's talking, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get it, I'm, it's going to come back, it's going to come back, it's going to come back. Yeah. No. I want to go to someone like yourself, someone who's 18 yeah. years, someone who's 25 years and say, how did you do it? It goes, so back, I think, to it goes back to hope. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Without hope and faith. My husband said, Grace, you need faith. Without it, there's, there's nothing. nothing. 
So, and I remember that, you know, and, and it's so funny actually with that, with that story, cause he kept saying, you need faith. And I'm like, what is faith? Because <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was just a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was just a moment where I'm like, what are you telling me to say? What are you telling me to believe in? What do you mean? You know, uh, until the penny dropped. Yes. And like, you know, and, and for everyone, it was different. But sure. I remember, you know, these are words that you get of encouragement, of course, to people, sure. but you've got to really feel it in your core to really understand it. And um, and I really love that about this, you know, and, that, and like going back to your book as well, like, and I mentioned that before, you know, even the front page of your book reminded me of the footprints in the sand. Yeah. You know, and you say, well, that's, that's, yeah. And I've got that right here because why? Because it's, that's faith and that's hope. That there is faith and hope because (laughs) seriously, all you needed was another set of footprints here and then it would have been that. But you get what I'm saying? This is what it represents because there is someone greater than us. Yes. Like I said, you you know, whether you're religious or spiritual, you believe in something greater than us and you think, and like you said, that moment, here you are on a runway and you have the grace of God. Yeah. You have the, and I'm going to send you actually a song. You probably heard it called The Blessing. And it I, says. But send it to me. Yes. Me. Yeah, yes. So that's beautiful because it says yeah. he's here. He's yeah. with me. He's behind me. He's in front of me. He's everywhere. And when you said that, I thought that is just so, it's so true because it's those moments that you appreciate. It's those moments of gratitude. It's those moments of humbleness, even though you're there, things could have turned so different oh, for, for sure. all of us. And I say that for all of us because none of us know when our contract in life is up. So every moment you get to experience something amazing is amazing. So, and that's why I wanted to bring that up as well. But is there anything else you want to tell our viewers and our listeners? Because I'm sure you've got something coming up or doing something. (laughs) Well, Paris Fashion Week is next. (laughs) Paris Listen here, lady. I haven't even listened to me here. Let's get a bit closer. I haven't even been to Paris and yet you are there. You know, this is amazing. When I hear this, I am truly, truly, I'm not, I'm genuinely so proud. Thank you. You know what I mean? I really am because that's a moment. So when does that start? I mean, the the truth is, when I was at my height of my modeling career, I never had an opportunity to walk in New York Fashion Week. Of course, I didn't have like the grit and the grace and the determination like I do now. Maybe I would have. But I was like so comfortable being the catalog girl and modeling for Dillard's and Neiman Marcus and J. Crew and all those lovely brands. Yeah. I didn't have my sights on like New York Fashion Week or Paris Fashion Week. Now I'm like, I, you know, tasted the inspiration and I've seen the comments yeah. and I see the people that have, it's impacted. And I'm like, okay, we got to do more. We got to go bigger. Yeah. And so I just said to my manager, I was like, how can we make Paris fashion week, you know, happen? And she's like, we're going to make it happen. And you know, I, wow. between me and her, it's going to, I mean, it's happening. So <laughs> it's like, I don't need to run around Paris fashion week. Now that I have New York fashion week under my belt and that article that came out. Yeah. There's a lot of press around what I'm doing. and. It's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's not about mm. my pride. It's not about Christine Handy. It's about just the opportunity and the absolutely. You no, know, it's 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 there. It's it's an incredible yeah. platform. Like I've been a model for forty years. I have the platform. Why don't I use it? 
Yes. I get what you're saying. You know what I'm and do you need a PA by any chance? <laughs> um, <laughs> Han, I'm going. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but it's exactly right. If you have a platform, why not use it? And this is what I mean because you're sharing your story um, and it's inspiring so many people. But if you do get to Malav Fashion Week, I'm seriously <laughs> coming. <laughs> I know. How I don't know yet, but I'm going to be there. It's not the how. It's yeah. yeah it's yeah. finding the what. You know the no. It's oh, something like that anyway. But I'll find a way. I'll Thank find you. a way. Well, but it's not again. It's not because you're there on the catwalk. It's because you're representing. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know. I mean, yeah, it's it's a privilege to be there. It's a privilege. Absolutely. To be there. Yeah. It's but privilege. it's 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 it's. What you're doing is you are sharing your um, story, but you're also educating people. I just you're educating people. I don't want people to feel alone in their pain. You yes. Know? And I want I want them to see somebody thriving after that. Mm, kind of yeah. To say, you can do this too. That's now, I don't know if you Yeah, go on. Sorry, I, I didn't sure mean to interrupt you. That's what I want to show people. And I also want to show the bad and the ugly part of it. Like, I don't want it to be like, oh, well, you know, it just happens for you. It doesn't just happen. And that's why I, I share those other stories because mm. I don't want people to think it's just so easy. It's not easy. It takes, it, it does, it takes real courage. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes my resources. It takes personal time. Like I have, you know, people ask me all the time, how do you get all this stuff done? I have no personal life. And that's a sacrifice that mm. I'm going to make right now. Mm -hmm. but at some mm -hmm. point, I'm going to want a personal life again. But yeah, right, absolutely. But right now, this stuff is more important to me. And so it's like, do I really need to go out and date or whatever? Not right now. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll find a way to do that later, but I'm doing this for now. Yeah, because like you said, you found a purpose and you're, 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 you, you want to, um, you know, you want to bring this purpose forward. You want it to bring it to life. And it's like any project. It's like a brand new baby. You've got to nourish it. You can't just let it go and be on its own. And <clears throat> like I said, I think that what it is, is the more people you're attracting is because of your authenticity. They see how much it means to you, you know, yeah. and that's, yeah. Yeah. I think they see the vulnerability. I think it's mm. it's super easy to watch the highlight reels, right? But it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's much harder to make the real life reels. And I just have no interest in showing the highlight reel. I have an interest in showing the real, the real reel, you know? It's important. Well, maybe, have you thought of a... Uh a a documentary on yourself like someone to document maybe a year of your of what you know what i mean because yeah. I, mean, I yeah go ahead no no that yeah that something like that, that i think there's a lot of other things that i can do mm. but it's exhausting yeah. to live my schedule yeah i mean it's really yeah. exhausting i mean mm. i mean, I'm, I'm running from new york fashion week to school to zoom to you know, networking and podcasts and uh, speeches and social media and uh, brand influencers. And I, I have kids and I, yeah, it's hard, you know? So, and I'm on the yeah. board of two nonprofits and my book's becoming a film and there's a lot going on that I, I I'm sure there's a lot more I can do and I will try any way to do it only in the, 
mindset of inspiring other people. That's it. Mm, mm. But that what I meant by that is if you had someone follow you, it's to see, like you just said, because a lot of people see <clears throat> the highlight reel. Your face. Yeah, they that's right. They see the face on the magazine or on the book cover right. or you know, down walk in the runway, but right. they don't realize all the stuff that goes on behind scenes but eventually it like you said people will notice and people will see that uh and 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 i think like you said you definitely have enough on your plate now you don't want to put other things you know the last thing you need is a cameraman in your face and you'll be like really not now <laughs> so you know what i mean um we don't want to turn you into the kardashians what we're trying to do is make you aware you know so that's what it is mainly but um um, but yeah, I just, I loved, I love how you're just, as I said, you just, it's inspiring. It really is inspiring. When I look at your posts and see what you're doing, it's not me just, oh, here's Christine. What is she doing these days? I really do get inspired because I, you will be, God forbid, I ever touch wood. But if I ever go through a trauma in life, I think I'd be like, I know, Christine, you've got a 101,000 things on your plate. But can I just have you to be my mentor for five minutes because you've been there, you know, and you can probably help me through would, it and I things would, like I that. It's not yeah, happen, so yeah. that's exactly right. But that's what I mean by that. I, you know, not to put more pressure on you, but no. you know, I um, is there because I, I don't I, I don't want to take up your time in the sense because I'm sure you've got so much on your plate. But is there any like I I keep plugging this book because seriously, <laughs> guys. So if, it is honestly, I, I have to read it again because I read it in a day. I gotta slow I, down. <laughs> I actually read I do read it. When I when I because you know, listen, the truth is we all lose courage in life. Mm. I mean, we just do. And and we have to have people shore us on. When we lose courage, we need other people to show us courage. And and sometimes yes. when I lose courage, I had like a, a couple bad days in the last month that I started to reread my book because I was like I need to show up like that again, you know, and, yeah. and you know, it inspires me to be honest with you. And sometimes that's what's so important about writing down journaling and things like that. So we can use it as a resource for ourselves later on and say, if I could do that, then I can do this. Yeah, exactly. And that was like yesterday. Um, Cause one of the processes I did through my journeys, I did Ayurveda oh. and I was speaking to the lady about it. And I said to her, not because, you know, I'm talking to you. I have a piece of paper from my 2018 journal and it was the right at the bottom. Like it was like, you know, I am willing to let go and things like that, that I wrote through there, but it was right at the bottom. I am at peace with the process of my life. Beautiful. That was when I was diagnosed with cancer. I am at peace with wow. them. Wow. I'm at peace with the process of my life. And the last writing is I am safe. I love that. So exactly like you said, I have these here to remind me. Yes. Sometimes I feel like you said, it's normal to feel, Meh, you know, so I have it there to remind me. But it wasn't until I read it that I realized I wrote those last two lines. Exactly. I'm at peace with the process. When you can become that. at peace with that, it's just so much easier to go through what you're going through. But it doesn't matter what you're going through. If yeah. you're at peace, if you make peace with it, it's yes. a lot easier to go through. Because yeah. if you keep fighting it. And the other yeah. thing that you did, which you may not have known what you did, you didn't meditate on the outcome. No. If you have peace with something, you're not meditating on the outcome because the outcome is unknown. 
Correct. And so I I think, and I talk about that all the time when I'm speaking because people don't understand that. If Mm -hmm. you meditate on the outcome, like, oh, am I going to get through it? Am I going to survive? Instead, meditate on every day. Can I show courage? Can I show up for myself? Can I cheer myself on? Can I lead in this terrible situation? Then you're going to inspire yourself first and foremost. And then the outcome is secondary and that fear starts to unravel, right? Because the fear is crippling. And if Mm -hmm, you focus mm -hmm. on the outcome, that's fear. Yeah. Yes. And it, it, exactly that, because I did go through that fear for a while until I got I rid of it as well, yeah, I did you know, uh, and it was debilitating. It was killing me. I kept thinking to myself, the fear is going to kill me before cancer does. Exactly. So, you know what I mean? So I had to get rid of that mindset. I had to, and we go back to the mental health of our minds. We have to make yeah. them strong. We have to make them empowering. And it doesn't mean, you know, like you say, you go around chanting, I am great. I am great. I am great. It's feeling it. You know what I mean? You could say, a, a word but if you don't feel it it doesn't matter yes. um but it's just really being at peace with yourself and and you know going in tapping in and knowing what's good for you so uh i really appreciated having you i could talk to you forever but i don't want to keep you any longer than i have to yeah. so thank you again christine it's been a pleasure having you again uh guys this the book walk um walk, walk with me Please walk, walk beside me. me. Yeah, sorry. I was uh, walk with me. Well, let's walk together. All of it. Walk, all be- of it. <laughs> walk beside me, and I'll also put in the link to the other book. I survived, um, and how and how I did it. I survived cancer and how I did it. So that's a new book as well that you can, guys, if you want to, uh, pick it up and support also all those people that did survive because I think it's a good cause. Christine, thank you again. Is there anything you want to say before we go? I, I Something I say to myself every day is surrender, let go and let God. And that keeps me kind of sane in this crazy world. So I, I'll, that, those are my parting words. Yeah, thank you so much again. And for everyone else, thanks for joining us. And like always, I wish you so much love and light. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you could have chosen any other show to spend your time with today. And I'm really grateful and humble that you've chosen me instead. And I hope I've been able to serve you in any way. You know, I hope this will become your go-to place to help you heal, feel supported and discover yourself along your hero's journey. And if this episode helped you today, please subscribe and share it with someone you know that would benefit from this. As I've learned about my hero's journey through breast cancer, nothing we receive is for us to keep but to be shared. And I hope I can serve you further by sharing some of the tools I've learned along the way. And it's hard for me to share it all in one simple episode. So if you go to www.theangelsofgrace.me forward slash resources right now, you can find a collection of tools that might be exactly what you need to take you on your hero's journey. And given that I don't know if you're listening to this podcast at the start, the middle or the end of the day, I want to wish you an amazing morning, an amazing afternoon or an amazing evening. I am Grace DeAngeli and you listen to the Breast Cancer Hero's Journey podcast. Thanks again for being here. Much love and light.